Technical SEO Podcast. This is episode two. My name is Dan Taylor. My name is Adam Jen. And today we are joined by Kevin Indig of Atlassian. Hello, Kevin. Hey, good to be on. Good, great. Great to have you. Um, thank you for making time with the uh, time difference between the US and the UK as well. Um, <laughs> so today, um, Kevin's coming on. He's basically going to speak about um, doing technical SEO. Um, could have probably put that slightly more eloquently. Doing technical SEO in-house? Yeah, doing technical SEO and working in-house um, because a lot of us all do it as an agency side and we're probably slightly sometimes ignorant. To we them. have a different perspective on recommendations than in-house SEOs would normally have, especially technical SEO in-house. Yeah, and we can sometimes be ignorant to the <laughs> obstacles yeah. that might be faced in-house in places. So um, without further ado, um, over to you, Kevin. Yeah, thanks uh, for having me on, guys. Pleasure. Um, yeah, happy to, to talk, you know, about anything in-house. Uh, I think the unique perspective that I can provide the audience is the kind of hurdles, the internal hurdles that, that people have to jump over to get technical uh, SEO done in-house. I think it's a role that's growing. Uh, I think it's not super common to see in-house technical SEOs. Uh, at the same time, uh, I think there's not that much material out there yet um, about how to push the recommendations through, for example, that you gave, right? Uh, I've been also on the other side um, uh, where I was working for the agency, uh, and it was very, you know, uh, it was very straightforward because you give the recommendations and you, you provide the, the client the most material possible. But then on the other side, as an in-house technical SEO, we have to think about how to plan things, how to get the resources, uh, and how to get things done from a political standpoint. Okay, cool. Um, I guess from from our point of view, I guess the, the one thing I would be really interested in is you talk about there about politics and getting stuff over the line, expected to to get things done. Um, I know that obviously in house you probably have a certain amount of resource available to you, um, just even in terms of developers, designers, and obviously you have to. I'm assuming getting get in touch with them in terms of making sure that things are done in the in the right SEO SEO way. Um, but how do you like manage that from from your point of view? How do you how do you manage the the I guess the relationships? Because I think what a lot of people that don't understand is technical SEO is actually a lot about relationships. It's a lot about getting people to do things that they might not necessarily understand and educating them. Like how how do you find that as an in-house technical SEO? Yeah, that's a fantastic question and. It's a fantastic question because it's it's hardly ever asked, right? Yeah. And people avoid that question or they just <laughs> yeah. never cover it, right? Yeah. And, uh, so here's you know here's my my answer from my side, but I feel sure that people would manage it a little different. But there are a couple of components to it. One component is the sheer awareness and education aspect, and that we cover by um, evangelizing SEO, meaning trying to represent it in the important conversation throughout the company. Um, doing workshops with people where we simply explain basics of SEO and sometimes dive deeper into things. We blog internally, so we really try to translate what we do into how is that relevant for the company. That's also you know, a huge thing is talk to, like, it, it's hard to make people understand what technical SEO actually is because it's so... It's, it's not really visible, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I think content is a little different because people actually see what's happening. Yeah. Uh, but with technical SEO, a little more tricky, and then you sometimes run into issues where you do something from a technical standpoint of view, but you cannot even measure the effect immediately, right? Mm -hmm. like, 
let's think about schema a little more. Uh, if we add structured data to your site, that's obviously amazing and important and a huge thing. And it's a huge thing also from a developer resources standpoint of view. Right? So going to, to people who are not as close to the topic and telling them that we have to invest in this is not always an easy feat. So they need this awareness. Uh, we facilitate that through workshops, through blogging, and we provide some sort of knowledge base. You can imagine that as an internal wiki where we just simply explain things, you know, what is schematic or structured data and how can it benefit and what are the, the tangible things that you can see that it might bring and how can that impact the business. You might have already noticed that I always try to refer uh, on the business impact and this is, this is super important because most people speak that language. They understand, oh, you know, this brings in so and so many more clients or dollars that that's, people can do something with that. Um, and, I think this is something that we, we need to get better in a little bit as a, as a in-house technical SEO group or community or whatever you want to call it, uh, in, in speaking that language that's not technical. No, I mean, that's, that's something I've, over the years, figured out that communication is probably the key part of technical SEO that, that no one really talks about, ironically, um, as it is communication. Um, but it's something I think that's in our jobs day in day out me and Dan deal with a lot of a lot of different stakeholders both in the, in the agencies and and in house in terms of client development teams design teams etc and it's always about coming back and trying to like you just said trying to make them understand it in their in their way and what they're trying to do and how it impacts how SEO you know impacts on what they're on they're doing and, and how they need to think about it um, I mean I think with one client we've created a repository of like you've just done your wiki we're creating a repository to for the teams to understand the thing like the basics of SEO and understanding exactly what they need to be doing or what they need to be thinking about. Um, so yeah, that that's that's brilliant. Yeah, and uh, like and like you touched on, Kevin, I think it comes down to the point about wider buying um, from internal teams as well, because um, I imagine being the technical SEO in house, there's not many of you. So you're a very collective group out on the savannah, if you like, of the digital marketing team. So. <laughs> So it's important that you manage to get buying from everyone else and they understand how, even to an extent, how the people who deal with public relations and all the placements like that, how not necessarily might be directly related to them, but how the correlations impact and how all activities of business impact things. Um, do you, uh, sorry, I don't know that you answered this question. Um, do you know, do you have, sorry, a, an SEO manager, like an international SEO manager, or is you, are you just purely the SEO? Are you, are you um, just a right now, SEO or, sorry? No, no worries. Uh, right now, so I, I lead the SEO team. Uh, we, have, um, we have another technical SEO uh, junior manager, and we have another person responsible for content, and then we're currently wrapping up our team a little bit more to look okay. more resources. Uh, Lesson has about 15 sites uh, and of all different kinds. You know, we have a marketplace, we have product pages, we have a community, we have uh, all different sorts of pages, uh, types, I mean, uh, site types. So it's, uh, we need a bigger team. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess I, what I was trying to ask was, I see a lot of um, companies hiring tech SEOs now in, in terms of the job, uh, job postings, because um, people contact us a lot. Um, and there always seems to be an SEO manager um, and then a tech SEO. And it's interesting that people hire someone who's an SEO management, necessarily a technical SEO. And I just wonder what your, your take on that is. What, what do you feel like the difference is between an SEO manager and a technical SEO? Yeah, 
it's a huge difference. Um, yeah, there's way more. I mean, whenever you lead a team, um, there is a certain chunk of work that you have to do that's not directly related to the actual mission of the team or to the to the to the hands-on stuff that the team does, right? So that's why uh, you know I brought on another technical uh, junior mes- manager, junior technical SEO manager, uh, to help me out with more hands-on stuff so that my hands a little more free for the higher level things. And then that is exactly what we were talking about before. It's the communication with other teams. It's the evangelization. It's being, you know, present in the important conversations because you know how SEO is, is a very, it's a very broad discipline. You know, it's, it's, it has many different touch points and we need, as you also correctly stated, you need the buy-in from many different people and teams. You, you might need designers, developers, and then all different types of developers, right? It's not only one, Group of, there, there are several groups of developers, one can mm-hmm. say. So you need to communicate with a lot of people. You need to plan. You need to forecast. You need to you know, manage the team, too. You need to make sure that the team grows. You need to make sure that people grow on a personal level, that they're happy, that they have everything to do their job correctly. That's pretty much a job by itself. And I think that's where you know, an SEO manager is different from a technical SEO who can then you know, be much more hands-on and can really focus on the subject. Okay. Um... I guess uh, uh, an important question as, as well as an in-house person, like what kind of tools do you use? So I know obviously we have our agency tools that we use, but do you, do you guys have special tools that you build or do you, do you pay for third-party tools? There are you know, many of them. Um, I, can, I can pretty much guess what project management system you use. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. So that's... It's not so obvious, no. Uh, but no. So uh, it's, it's actually interesting because we use a, use a whole set of project management tools. Of course, Jira, sure. Uh, but we also use Trello and we use Pride to communicate. So there's, and then we use Confluence to, to document all our stuff. And that's all internally. So there's a whole whole stack if you want uh, for that project management. Um, but in terms of SEO tools, we also have, a, we have our stack. Um, we use search metrics as a suite. Uh, to kind of encompass, you know, with many different functions from crawling to rank tracking uh, and everything in between. Then we have uh, specific rank trackers. We, we use SEO Clarity. Uh, we use HRFs on top of that for, you know, mainly, mainly backlink research, but there are also other functions like from HRFs. So uh, some of these tools overlap. And then we use Streaming Frog uh, for ad hoc smaller crawls. Um, we're currently bringing on, we're trying to bring on a solution for bigger crawls uh, to automate that and connect it to log file analysis as well. Um, and then we have a couple of internal smaller tools which make our our job a bit easier. And I'm saying that because you know we're we're obviously a small team in a huge company, and in a perfect world we'll probably be double the size, not triple the size. Um, and so we have to find ways to kind of have other people help us doing our job. And one of the best ways to facilitate is to facilitate that is obviously the uh, the CMS, the content management system. So we uh, we're lucky to, to be blessed with great developers who helped us to customize our CMS uh, to a degree where it would you know give people uh, some guidelines in terms of how they craft their titles, and alt tags, and descriptions and content and give them alerts and help us to monitor the up and down time of, of 
the size and pages, all these these fun things. So I would even consider that a tool. That sounds really cool. Um, <laughs> sounds like a really geeky, nerdy, cool thing. Yeah. Cool setup we've got. There. <laughs> Sorry. Um, uh, yeah. So I guess uh, the next question that I have really is, um, I guess, around the technical stack of those fifteen websites you just described. Obviously, are they all? Um, they all have the same CMS servers, hosting, or is it all a mishmash of, of, of things put together over the years that you have to unravel like, you know, a little ball of string and pull on it and see if it breaks uh, and try not to break it. Um, is it have, you, have you spent all that time? Because that's something, again, I don't think that I guess me and Dan have, have, have experienced with new clients coming on board. It's, you have to deal with the historic stuff. Not just, it's not just the current website as it is. Actually, it's past domains, past migrations, um, issues caused by past developers. Um, have you have you experienced that in your in-house role? Is that something you've had to spend a long, long time unraveling, or have you found it quite oh, smooth? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we're a fifteen-year-old company, uh, and try to have a, a very we try to live a startup like culture. And I'm, I'm saying, you know, we, we try to live the, the good side of the startups, the autonomy, the flexibility, all that kind of stuff. So when you pair those two things together. It makes it really, really tough to, to have all the legacy things in one place. And that's not because people who do a good job. It's just the nature of things. Um, people here actually do a great job um, in you know, trying to maintain and trying to bring everything together. That being said, we have about half of our sites on the same CMS very um, accessible for us and easy to manage. And then we have another half that is a little more tricky. There, There's like... There are two or three sites that are currently undergoing a, a complete overhaul in terms of backend and CMS, which is definitely necessary. Um, so I would, you know, I would say the majority of our sites they are we handle them well. They're well maintained. We have all the latest information. And then there are a couple of black sheep where it's complete chaos and, and it's really really hard to see through. Just to interject, does, does that does those black sheep cause chaos? Like you know, even though they're quite powerful domains in the, even though they're, they're a key part of the business strategy do they do they cause you grief because it's like we need to get these websites ranking and you're like yeah we're, we're trying <laughs> we, we, we literally can't crawl the site or we, we literally can't change the tag files we literally can't change the content on the, on the website is that, is that, are those the kinds of domains that, that you experience or? yes yeah. <laughs> yes that's good. We have those kinds of issues too you know where oh it's not gonna you know I obviously can't say which one but you know we have this huge domain yeah. We have many huge domains, but one of them uh, has over a million pages, um, and 50% of, of all status codes are through based on the nature of how it all, it's all set up. Mm-hmm. Right? So this is, it's tremendously bloated up. It's super hard for Google to crawl. Google doesn't crawl like most of it. Uh, it just, the crawl just simply gets stuck in, in, in all different kinds of direct chains and redirect loops. And, uh, it's it's really really hard to bring that through uh, and to to how should I call it to, to administer like a high level SEO strategy for that because you keep on erasing the smaller fires. Okay, um, I guess my uh, another question for me is monitoring. So I know that obviously um, you have fifteen websites to manage, you have a large team to manage. Um, you can't basically don't have one website that you look at every day. 
um, monitoring stuff, making sure people don't break things. Because I, again, from experience, that means I have people change things, and then like, oh, is this okay? And you're like, you've you you no indexed the entire website. Like, what have you done? What have you done? Like, do you uh, have you <laughs> have you scheduled crawls? Um, do you schedule crawls? Do you schedule? Do you have tools that, that, that alert you to changes to the website to make sure that you're in the communication of the Jira and ticketing system to say which things which things that get changed need to be passed through you? Is there a pro business process? Yeah. So um, one of the, the nice things of the customized CMS that I mentioned before is that it it pings us whenever there's a change on a page. So we have a set of pages defined as important. And whenever something changes on these pages, I get an email, which leads to a lot of emails. But no, the nice thing is that they're formatted, <laughs> formatted in a way that you can quickly see if the change is uh, impactful or not. That makes things a little easier. After say on top of that, we're also trying to bring on a solution that allows constant monitoring of all of our sites. Mm. Um, and then we also have a product that's called Status Page. And obviously, that they monitor the uptime of sites and they... they uh, they uh, show you when issues occurred, notify you. So we use our, we kind of abuse that tool uh, for SEO purposes as well. Uh, super helpful. Um, however, I mean, I think there's a certain, I think at this point we have to distinguish between monitoring changes on a, on a site that's small version versus large scale, right? Yeah. If you have a highly uh, templatized or large scale site, uh, then monitoring changes is a big challenge, which is why we want to bring on a specific solution for that. It's will just to do that. Okay. Um, how have you, the new Google Search Console indexation coverage report, I'm a big fan of it. I'm playing around with it and testing it all the time. Um, have you found it super useful in terms of monitoring things as well and, and reporting back to your kind of other team members and other, other senior members of the team, say actually Google telling us this is a problem and it's alerted to this fact. Is, is, have you found that useful? So uh, yeah, I, I found I find the, the new features in Search Console massively helpful. I especially like the view that shows you the valid pages and the valid pages over time, um, and you can you have the option to lay over the impressions, and then you can sometimes see exactly when errors went up and the impressions went down, and that helps you a lot with internal communication. Right. If you bring such a graph to, to a stakeholder who has the resources, that's much, much more impactful than saying, oh, yeah, we think something happened that caused X, but we're not sure. Uh, even though the graph is just as questionable, but it works. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, lo love that a lot. Uh, and I love um, merging that type of data with other data. Um, so, for example, exporting this and uh, seeing how does it stack up against log files, or how does it stack up against calls that we do with different user agents or on different devices. I think there are lots of ways that you can slice and dice the data, and obviously you can, can make this a never-ending journey. Um, but if you have the time and want to do some cool ad hoc analysis, I think I think that's massively useful. And then, of course, you know, changing changes in, in rankings as well. Uh, I think. Uh, trying to correlate that with uh, an increase or decrease of um, errors on your sites, that can be very, very exciting. Yeah, I mean, um, just going on sort of sort of on the search console stuff and um, kind of quoting an article that um, Russ, I guess, and I've said one, um, wrote on Moz about the um, validity of the new search console data, especially since going back over 16 months. Um, just curious, because obviously you... We, you're a huge site, huge sites, plural. Um, have you found a 
similar sort of stack up in correlation, or um, I've seen the data as valid as maybe it should be? Yeah, um, I can confirm that from my side. I, I, I agree that the, the, I trust the data more. Uh, let's, let's call it this way. Uh, and I see other, other people, other stakeholders uh, trust the data as well. We have a dedicated SEO analyst as well who uh, helps us with you know, the monitoring and tracking uh, and all types of, of data related questions. And uh, for, for them, it's also a huge game changer because they used to, to have the, to store the search console data in their databases. And now, with 16 months, it's much more accessible. We can we can trace changes back much, much better improve their impact. Um, in terms of future technology, uh, obviously there's, there's things like AMP, PWAs, um, there's voice search, which I, I'm assuming, you, I'm assuming, but I don't know, you might not be inter interested in your, in your field, but it might be, don't know. Um, are, you, are you thinking about those things in the future in terms of your team and your in the company, like where you want to take them, um, is it is it in the strategy you want to do? Is it is it have you have you start to look at the the ways in which it can be implemented on the website? Is that something you're you're thinking about or have done? Um, we think about this a lot. Um, I think we're so the spot that we're in is that for most of our sites, mobile is not the biggest topic. Uh, I know that's, that's, that's a harsh thing to say nowadays, you know, where, where mobile is so important and it's changing so rapidly, but we, we just simply don't get a lot of mobile. To be, to be honest with you, especially Kevin, like that actually yeah. happens in our a few verticals that we work in, like actually mobile isn't that that big, it isn't as big as people you can say it is, so it's not, it's, yeah. It's, it's the target audience, because I mean, we work in some verticals probably similar to you, where your, your primary user is a developer or a marketer of some sort, and the primarily you won't probably go to your websites um, as a hobbyist, really. Yeah. It's more you don't sit at home on your yeah. phone going, Ooh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, But no, yeah, it's, it's something that we, we see all the time. So yeah, it's it always lead by data. That, that's, you know, that's the main motto. So, yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I, I love, I'm super interested in the whole uh, development and progression of AMP and PWAs and the mobile first indexing. I think that's a, that's probably one of the biggest changes in our professional environment since Panda and Penguin, right? So that's, that's, I already feel that's going to be massive and I, I see that the community feels the same and just by the way that people, you know, uh, write about it and speak about it. But that being said, we, of course, we still have one eye on the horizon in terms of what's, what's coming up, mm -hmm. what can impact our business a lot. And course in the nature of SEO to not always know what's going to come to speculate a little bit and that's where I'm happy that we, we have a, a very relatively agile approach to things right it's not like you have to plan out the whole year and then commit and dedicate to that there is a certain flexibility that we can keep and that's super helpful obviously and then we, what we look at right now just as an example is um, the impact of structured data I think that that's very interesting um, and then also the SERP features that we see right now. Um, one one concrete example is, for example, is the the carousel, the list carousel that Google shows now on top uh, of the SERPs for specific queries. For example, um, agile project management tools or best agile software or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, you see this carousel on top that obviously gets a lot of attention, especially on mobile, mm -hmm. which. You know, that's that, that's some, something that we're definitely interested in, interested in and trying to understand better and see if this is something we would roll out even further in the future. 
So I guess the way you're thinking about mobile first index is those kinds of SERP features then. Like you just said, it's thinking about actually those kinds of features being more prominent on mobile and, and actually creeping into desktop and you're trying to figure out how to optimize for those those things. That, that's that's yeah, that's really interesting, actually. Um, in terms of the mobile first index then, have you done anything differently in how you process and, and crawl things and, and do data? Because uh, obviously Google's going to be switching from desktop content to mobile content, as in, in, in the index. So is anything you're doing different, or is it just business as usual, just make sure that, that we, we everything that's on desktop is on mobile? Um, what I keep an eye on are the our log files. Uh, so my understanding is that you would see a mobile first indicator in your log files if Google crawls more with the with mobile uh, uh, user agent or, or Google, uh, mobile bot. So that's what I'm looking at. Um, okay. But again, since, since not, this is not a huge topic, and again, I think we're in a space where people just research more uh, on their laptops and make these decisions on their laptops where they, you know, they, they're not just, they're not like, it's not like they're, they're, they're walking to the bus stop and have a minute and then they research their project management suite or something like that. So uh, that is a that, that is a little advantage that we have right now. But, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's going to be some sort of impact on mobile first text, but that's what I'm, that's what I'm looking at the long class for. Yeah, I think it was, um, I think John Weller said it was about an 80-20 split. So when you see 80% mobile and it's 20% desktop bashful mobile index. Um, interestingly, um, Ashley Berman-Hale last week as well, um, she was speaking somewhere, I don't know if I'm there, but she was speaking somewhere, um, and someone tweeted out, um, she's also said there's a correlation between um, the public cache that Google stores for your site, and when you're in the mobile index, you'll see the mobile version of the site cached as opposed to the desktop. Um, so, yeah, including those just all sort of tidbits there for listeners on how to check it themselves. Yeah, great addition. Cool. Um, I have one last question um, that I always like, act, I like to ask guests, um, just to surprise them. Um, do you guys optimize for the meta keywords tag? Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> it's our strongest, uh, you know, biggest, biggest driver of rankings. Yeah. No, no, we're, uh, we're, the, the, the interesting thing is we have a Russian subdomain, so we actually serve the Russian market to a degree. And I know that Yandex, I think they still pay attention to the, Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. No, I, honestly, and, and so, I mean, left you speechless. So what I did in the past is I was, I was crawling other sites to see what they have mm. in the keywords tag, just to see what keywords are targeting, right? I mean, at the same time, you're also, you know, uh, opening the curtain and, and show people what, what your strategy is. So I think there's even a certain risk to it. Yeah. Um, internally, have you ever faced when someone, a developer or an, an, a technical person has gone, actually, we should be optimizing for the for this this tag? Because this is this is something that me and Ben face uh, quite a lot, is, is senior well, senior development companies or senior members of development companies come along and say, oh, you're not optimizing that keyword tag. And you're like, mm. Also, just to add to that as well, <laughs> is in, in the last 12 months, we've had um, clients come to us who are with large, respected mainstream platforms and their um, sort of handler at the platforms have turned around to them and said, why aren't you optimizing the meta keywords tag? How is Google going to know what your page is going to rank for? Mm. And that's caused them conversations. So um, yeah, so we're just trying to uh, make it. sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all right, yeah. We're trying to know, kill it. Um, of course, like of course, we're covering that. Uh, of course, I mean we're, we're a company of almost three thousand people, and you know, uh, not everybody knows or has 
ever really taken the time to put themselves about SEO. They, they have like unlimited knowledge. But you know, as funny as it is, it's also it's also a great opportunity because you know exactly where those people are, right? You can you know exactly. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, so that's their their uh, idea of SEO. How can I, in a in a respectful, nice way, you know, how can I educate them and bring them on my side and show them, you know, the huge. I don't even find the analogy right that, but the huge field that SEO is right now. I think yep. you can use it as a that is a, that is a really good point, Kevin, and also a really good uh, a really good way of looking at it. Yeah. You're a better person than we are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't be so sure. <laughs> well, no, great. So, um, thank you very much for your yeah. time, Kevin. Um, really interesting. Thank just you very much. so the users can know, um, if the users want to follow you on Twitter, I'll get in touch with you. What's your um, Twitter handle? Twitter handle is at Kevin underscore Indig. Indig, great. Um, so, really, that just leads us to join in to episode two. Um, wasn't the Star Wars episode two the awful Jar Jar Binks? Just thinking. We've got through. <laughs> no, that, that was episode one. Oh, but, but, anyway, that's been, it's been a good one. So, um, <laughs> thank you for listening. My name's Dan Taylor. My name's Adam Jen. And until next time, thank you. Thank you very much.